G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Earlier this week, we were talking about the fact that sometimes people are uncomfortable talking about their faith. Now, the truth is, at present, as we were talking a little earlier with Bill Muhlenberg, the mainstream media even has trouble with anyone saying the name of Jesus or using the word Christian. Well, politicians appear to be the same. After those Sri Lanka bombings last Sunday, leaders were referring to Easter worshippers rather than say the word Christian. So we might assume that there are lots of ordinary Christians who approach the idea of sharing their faith with some mild embarrassment. Or it might not be mild embarrassment. It could be a lack of confidence. I like the old DC Talk track, and if you've been around a little while, you'll remember DC Talk. The words in that very significant song that they were singing called Jesus Freak, and those words were, what will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do when they find that it's true? Well, today we're going to be talking about getting creative, about intentionally sharing our faith with the expectation that it will spark some great conversations with friends and work colleagues and will be over those ideas of embarrassment or that lack of confidence because we'll feel well and truly equipped to share our faith. Well, to help us along in this conversation today, Stu Miller, the founder of Train to Proclaim and also the National Coordinator for the upcoming Global Outreach Day, which is coming up on May 25th. Stu's back with us. Hello, Stu. Welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Great to be here. And Stu, I should say, as we get our conversation underway, uh, you are just back from a tour of some South Pacific Island nations Mm -hmm. where they were hungry uh, for evangelism training and uh, you were there in the right place at the right time. Give us a little, in a nutshell, where you've been and what you've been up to. Uh, I lectured in Bible College in Fiji and then I went to Samoa and did a uh, a couple of evangelism trainings and a couple of churches there, and then I went to American Samoa and uh, did some more training in evangelism there. So it was a fantastic time. And so you crossed the international date line uh, to go That's from right. Samoa to uh, to American Samoa. That's right. We hopped in a little Cessna plane. It was a 20-minute trip. You can see the island from, from uh, Samoa. And uh, there's four people in the plane. The pilot turns over and says, uh, turns around and says, uh, "Hi everyone, welcome to the flight. The, the exit door's there if you need it. Have a good flight." <laughs> that's that's the pre-flight. Uh, uh, yep. And then uh, you got this international flight, and you arrive 25 hours before you left. Yes. So I, I ran an, an evangelism training at one church on Tuesday night, and then I, I ran it at, uh, on Tuesday night the same week uh, at an, another nation, and <laughs> so it felt very weird. It would feel weird, and you know what? They're those nations. They're they've got a sort of a really fabulous foundation in Christianity, mm. and so uh, to have you turn up and talk about evangelism for some people, they would have said, "Oh, you know, maybe you're not so needed there, Stu." But mm. there's a certain cultural nominal Christianity in some of these nations, and they have a fabulous Christian foundation, but uh, this message Mm. of the gospel is still very powerful and very much needed. 
Absolutely, and and just because you have a lot of churches and a lot of people who go to church, it's almost compulsory to go to church. In fact, if you're in the villages, it is compulsory. Like you, you know, you, that's what you do. Uh, so it's a sort of a religiosity, a, a cultural Christianity that's there. But it doesn't mean that people have to actually taken a step of faith themselves to come to know Jesus for themselves and to surrender their lives over to Him. So. The presentation that I was uh, training them with, uh, the G7, is, was very timely because everyone's got a smartphone these days, right, right throughout the islands, which is fantastic. Uh, and they f- were just finding that instead of having arguments with people about whether they're a Christian or not, you know, which often in evangelism that's what you end up having an argument with someone, uh, sharing this presentation with people, it clearly defines what a Christian is. In a, in a language that people can understand, and by the end of it, people self-discover whether they they are in a right place with God or not. And so that's a, a spark for them. They, they, you know, if you spoke to them before the presentation, they'll be like, oh, "I'm a Christian. I go to church. I believe in God." You know, what are you talking about? But afterwards, they might be going, "Oh my goodness, I need to surrender my life to Jesus Christ." And so it's a very gentle, loving way, without any arguments, of getting that through to people in a in a cultural Christianity, religiosity sort of mode. Well, we want to move our conversation today to, in some sense, revitalizing that spark Mm. that we have. And sometimes we talk about those things that we used to do in our earlier Christian experience and, uh, Mm. you know, witnessing to people on the street and uh, always ready to give an account of the hope that is within us. And sometimes that can get a little cold. Sometimes... Mm -hmm. That can get a little bit, uh, you know, uh, well, that's what we used to do, but those opportunities don't seem to have eventuated as much. But this is a time more than ever that we need to be loud and proud with our Christian faith, no matter whether people are on our side. Uh, thinking this is good or mm. thinking this is bad and wanting to shut us down. This is a time when we need to be loud and proud with our Christian faith. So mm. we want to talk today about those sorts of creative things that you might do to uh, enable those conversations to happen. And when we talk about those issues of being perhaps mildly embarrassed Mm. to be using the name of Jesus to talk about whether you're a Christian uh, or uh, whether you lack a little bit of confidence. Mm. Uh, The technology today, as you are sharing about Mm. the G7, enables such an amazing opportunity. So Mm. creativity. Uh, How much room is there for creativity, Stu? Uh, You know, uh, (laughs) I mean, we could get into, and look, permission for listeners today too, this could get weird and wacky. I mean, let's talk about weird ways that people might have actually shared their faith as well, and Mm. we might not endorse those, but uh, (laughs) but we might talk about some of these. What about how creative can you be in creating opportunities to share your faith? Absolutely creative, and I think we're living in unprecedented times at the moment. We've got opportunities through technology, through the internet, to share with people all around the world that we, you know, go back a hundred years ago. There's no way we could have the reach that we have today from our own homes, from our offices, from our computer. You know, like it's amazing the opportunities that we have uh, today. And and I'm just aware that before I was talking about the G7, and some listeners may not know what that is, but it's actually an app that you put on your smartphone. So you can get it for from for Android or Apple devices, and uh, just go to the App Store and type in G7, G for Gospel, seven for seven minutes, and uh, you can pop it on your phone. So, but there, there's a, a great example of of technology and creativity. Like people today, Neil, are always showing other people stuff on their phones. The you know, <laughs> a funny thing on Facebook, a new app, a new game. 
pictures of their family, pictures of their latest cruise they've just been on. We're always putting a phone in someone's face. Have, have a look at this, you know. And so why not put the gospel on there? It seems to be a very acceptable and culturally appropriate way of communicating. And I think things have changed with methodology over the years. I mean, uh, I mean, crusades, for example, have worked fantastic in the past and we have massive big crowds, you know, the Billy Graham crusade of 59 and et cetera. Uh, and now they still work today. But we're not getting the same sort of numbers uh, that we used to get going back years ago. And so whenever things change and there's shifts in, in culture, we've got to say, how can we be more creative? It doesn't mean that we stop doing those same things like street evangelism. Used to be a lot of it 20, 30 years ago, and there's not as much happening today. Doesn't mean it's not effective. And I still do street evangelism today. It's a wonderful way of sharing Christ with people. But I think you've got to uh, think about the way that you do it, the methodology, how you're communicating. and Because uh, I think um, there's no methodology that's outdated, but poor people skills is definitely outdated. We've got to think about what we're doing and the way that we're doing it and uh, be creative. And I think if you do that, you can have some uh, wonderful ways of sharing Christ. Stu, I get the impression that there's this sort of prevailing attitude that somehow or other the technology works against Christians. Mm -hmm. In actual fact, the truth is, if you think very carefully about that, the technology is the greatest opportunity for Christians. What are your thoughts? I mean, you are into this technology. And uh, what do you pick up around the nation, around the world when you're traveling, about people's attitude to the fact that there is technology there, but there's a lot of people using it to try and silence the Christian voice, mm. but in actual fact, this is a big opportunity. Absolutely, there's some some evils and some negatives with with technology. Pornography, you know, like it's just rampant now because of technology and how easily accessible it is. You know, there's massive problems with with young people spending so much time on their screens and that sort of thing. But putting that aside, because obviously anything can be used for good or evil, you know, um, but. The, the opportunities that it gives us as Christians is, is just unprecedented. I mean, we've got a video, for example, called Go- uh, G7, Gospel in 7. So it's a Gospel in 7 Minutes. And that's online, and uh, it's had over a million views. Now, for me to be able to reach a million people personally by going around and knocking on a door would be a huge milestone. <laughs> but to be able to put it out there and have someone see a clear presentation of the gospel through a video, just because it's gone viral on some people's YouTube sites, you know, uh, is amazing. So we have this wonderful opportunity through technology. We shouldn't view technology as e- evil. It's amoral. Uh, it can be used for good or evil. But let's, I think, as Christians, we just haven't uh, taken the opportunities as much as we should to utilize this. Let's talk about some of the creative things that you've come across mm-hmm. in uh, the years that you've been doing what you do, trained to proclaim a magnificent ministry and uh, resources mm-hmm. that you're providing for people to be able to share the gospel. Uh, what comes to mind for you, Stu, when you talk about some creative things that you might, you know, let's uh, let's take the opportunity today to uh, maybe sow a seed or two, and uh, there'll be some imaginations that'll pick up on some of the things shared, and I'm hoping that listeners will uh, really call in and, and let us know your creativity as well. But what comes to mind for you? Oh, look, there's, there's so many ways of sharing the gospel. You can, there's, there's street evangelism, there's door-to-door, there's conversational evangelism, turning conversations around to Christ. You can use tracks, you can give out DVDs, uh, uh, cards. There's obviously the G7 app that I was talking about before. There's events that churches are running. You know, you've got Christmas, you've got Easter, are fantastic uh, opportunities to do uh, you know evangelistic events and community events. Um, Global Outreach Day, which we'll talk about in a little bit later in the show, but that's an amazing opportunity with Christians all 
around the world getting together and and uh, you know uh, sharing the gospel with people. For me personally, uh, the two main ways that I share the gospel is I use the G7 if I if I'm going to share on the street or with a friend or someone like that if I'm going to take them through a full gospel presentation. If I've got the time to do that, the app is so good. It's so easy to use. People are engaging with the animation and the and the visuals. It's an excellent way of doing it. If I don't have time, if I'm buying gas, Neil, and I've got three people in line behind me and that, you know, I've, I've swiped my credit card and pay for it, I'm not going to whip out my phone and say, hey, you know, you've got seven minutes that I can take you through a presentation. <laughs> You're the most, and, and, you most know, hated man in the queue. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you just can't do that. So what I've got is in my wallet, I've got cards and I've printed off these cards. It's Go through Vistaprint. Anyone can get them done. And it's just got the website answersaboutlife.com. And underneath it, check it out. That's all it's got on it. And I just hand people a card and say, hey, oh, it's actually got a little QR code so they can sort of scan and go straight to the site if they want to. But it's, it's so easy to give out. After I pay for my gas, I just give the card and say, hey, have a look at this website when you get a chance. And that's it. And that, that website has the, the video presentation I was telling you about that, you know, that we've got over a million hits. It's got that on the front of the site and it's got a whole lot of questions. How do you know God's there? What about the suffering in the world? What about the other religions? How do you know the Bible's true? And so they can sort of explore Christianity and it's just because I gave someone a card. So I give out a lot of these cards as I go around when I don't have opportunities to share, you know, but that's a creative way that you can link with technology, with the internet. Uh, and it's very easy to do. You're not even saying you're a Christian. You're not saying, hey, I go to such and such church or I'm a Christian or I want you to read this. It's just, hey, have a look at this website when you get a chance. Boom. So even the person who is the most timid, the one who oh, mm-hmm. feels that little bit of mild embarrassment or yes. lacks confidence in sharing their faith, mm. the easiest thing is to just hand someone a card. Exactly. And uh, you can get a hold of those cards. Do you have yeah. those as a resource on your website? We do indeed, yeah. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Trainedtoproclaim.com. Right. Okay. I'm going to play a song yep. that I'm sure we've played on an earlier segment, but we've been talking for years now, Stu. So uh, let's hear. I mentioned some lyrics from a song in the introduction today uh, from DC Talk uh, who had this most magnificent song and it goes back somewhere around 20 years I yes, think. Yes, uh, I remember when it came so, out. Uh, so <laughs> do I. It was the hottest property around when yes. it did come out. We're going to have a listen into it. It's Jesus Freak. This is DC Talk. Our talkback line is now open on 1-800-316-316. We're talking about overcoming those sorts of mild embarrassments or confidence and talking about creative ways that we can share our faith as Christian believers. We're back with more in just a short while.
does it make me a stranger that my best friend was born in a manger? People say I'm strange, does it make me a stranger that my best friend was born in a manger? and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Our talkback line open 1-800-316-316 talking about creative ways of sharing your faith. Let's take a call. Charmaine is on the line from Albany in WA. Hello, Charmaine. Welcome. Well, thank you very much, Neil. Um, Welcome to you both too. I'm ringing on behalf of my membership with Australia for Jesus. Ah, Wonderful. You will be familiar. Yes, yes. Um, because um, you sponsor Australia for Jesus, Vision does. And uh, I first came to this great work of evangelizing through hearing Tony McClellan talking on your program. Yes. About Australia for Jesus about uh, nine months ago. Wow. So you're and one of the 4,000 plus people who are signed up to be people who are engaging in personal evangelism. That is wonderful, Charmaine. What were you going to say? I was going to say that, yes, the creative um, use of the um, mobile phone is great because this is what Australia for Jesus is doing through the Word um, Way of Life app that we go out into the streets in teams or as individuals and present to people on the street by asking them the simple question, what is the purpose of life? start a conversation that is fabulous Charmaine five to ten minutes to do let me ask you uh, how hard it is to use an app so you're talking about the way of life app which is a part of the Australia for Jesus campaign and yes. of course we've been talking about Stu with the G7 app so these apps are available for uh, getting a hold of uh, how do you find is it something that people respond to when you share an app on the street they certainly do they just Going at that general question of what is the purpose of life seems to really hit people's hearts. They're all searching and seeking today. They don't understand what's going on in the world. And so it's a very easy way to um, get into a conversation with them. And we find that, too, that people look at the app. Um, they're interested in, in looking at the pictures. It's a sort of flick-through um, which goes from saying what is the purpose of life to do you believe in God 
And what would um, God say to you if you turned up at Heaven's Gates today um, about letting you into heaven? And um, so it goes on like that. Charmaine, a powerful comment. about Australia for Jesus, a way of life is too that it's based very strongly on prayer, then the presentation, and then we make sure we parent anybody who signs the um, sinner's prayer or says the sinner's prayer at the end of the presentation. Fabulous stuff, Charmaine. And this is an important element in what you're sharing here. Uh, The idea of asking a question, that then Mm. waiting for a response. Uh, What is the purpose of life? Stu, what are your thoughts for Charmaine? Uh, You're on the same page here. Oh, yeah. I mean... uh I've signed up as well. <laughs> Look, it's it's a, a fantastic thing that Tony's doing and Australia for Je- Jesus is doing around the nation, getting out on the street, sharing the gospel with people and using technology. Uh, and uh, the fact that people have got something to look at, I think it is a, a newer way of, of, of um, evangelizing today. Um, uh, the traditional way is to look people in the eyes and to talk with them. And when you're looking people in the eyes, there's a sense of confrontation when you're talking about sin and judgment and hell and these sort of things. And it can get a little bit icy. And I think that's one of the reasons that a lot of people were negative towards evangelism. But if you've got some tools like an app, something visual for someone to look at, then the eye gate and the ear gate are working at the same time, so which aids comprehension and retention. And, uh, and it avoids that confrontation part where they engaging with what they're seeing and you're side by side showing them. And it's like, Hey, we're in the same boat here. And, and this is what the Bible says to us rather than a v- me versus them type evangelism that, uh, has been in the past. So I think fantastic, Charmaine, what you're doing and I encourage you and encourage all those around the nation that are going out on the streets and reaching people, uh, for Jesus. Charmaine, thank you so much for your call. We're just under a minute out from news. We'll take some more calls after Vision National News. You can also leave a note on our Facebook page too, as Steve has. And we're talking about creativity. Well, Steve says, my friend is a metal freak who's obviously is into music, uh, whose favorite band is called Lamb of God. I pointed out to him. Uh, that uh, just who the Lamb of God is and explaining about Isaac, the altar of sacrifice and how God provided a lamb instead and likening that to his favorite band's name actually being about the substitute Jesus was for us. So far, he and his friends have never once rolled their eyes, taking a great opportunity. That's a creative thing to do. Steve, thank you so much for responding on Facebook. We're back with more after Vision National News. Our special guest is Stu Miller from Train to Proclaim, uh, the website traintoproclaim.com. Stu Miller is our guest this hour. He's the founder of Train to Proclaim. He's also the National Coordinator of Global Outreach Day, which is coming up on May the 25th. Now, our talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. You can leave a note on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Stu, before we take any more calls, uh, let's just quickly mention Global Outreach Day because the significance of that is bigger than anyone can imagine because Mm. when you feel like things are a little bit sort of under pressure and people trying to shut down your witness here in Australia, Mm. around the world, there are just so significant things happening. Give us a little impression about Global Outreach Day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, sometimes in your workplace, you might feel like you're the only Christian or in your school, you're the only Christian or, you know, we often feel isolated and feel like we're the only one with this worldview. 
Uh, but Global Outreach Day, Christians from all around the world. So last year, about 20 million Christians were involved, about 500,000 churches, you know, in 143 nations. We're talking big numbers here. It's the largest evangelism mobilization effort in human history. And so it's a, it's a huge thing to be a part of. And, uh, and it's exciting because you know that when you're going out with your church or even as an individual Christian, you're joining with brothers and sisters all around the world and reaching out with the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is, is so good to be a part of. So if you haven't heard much about Global Outreach Day, go to globaloutreachday.com. You can learn more about it there. Uh, and uh, and be a part of it. If your church is not a part of it, have a chat to your pastor about getting involved. It's an exciting thing to be a part of, and I uh, really encourage you to do that. And I guess a month out, thinking about how mm. you creatively might share your faith with someone on Global Outreach Day. Now, I yeah. know you're going to say, don't wait a whole month until you do share your faith. Sure, absolutely. Because it's something you want people to be ready and prepared for at any moment, at the drop yeah. of a hat. Yeah. Uh, but on that day, the encouragement is to share your faith with someone on Global Outreach Day. Yes. And so this idea of being prepared, uh, thinking about how you might be creative, is it's a good day to be talking about. Well, it's actually really what the day's about, this very conversation that we're having, you know, because every day is Global Outreach Day, really, for a Christian. And when I first heard about Global Outreach Day, I thought, what a a silly idea. What do you mean one day a year we share our faith? Well, it's not meant to be one day a year, but it's a special day when we unite as Christians around the world and we do extra creative things as churches and as individuals and take a step of faith that we haven't taken before and and try out something we've never done before and maybe if you've never shared your faith give it a go for the first time you know so it's trying to to it's a catalyst for new ideas and creativity so uh yeah wonderful now i do want to point out that next year 2020 um is going to be massive uh, there's a whole lot of organizations that have uh, come a part of Global Outreach Day for, for 2020, like Joyce Meyer and TBN and, you know, big big Christian organizations that are really right behind it. YWAM around the world is, is behind it. And uh, we're hoping for 100 million Christians to be involved, which is a huge vision. Wow. And we're actually going to be we've got a 24-hour televised, um, you know, thing happening on, on TBN where they're starting and going across the time zones all around the world. Uh, so Australia will be right close to the the beginning of that, of course, in the Pacific Islands, and uh, that's a, that's an exciting thing to be a part of. That that that, that uh, TBN is going to be televising that. But if you're not involved already, please uh, get involved. It's a fantastic thing to be a part of. And this year, Global Outreach Day happening on May the 25th. So you might like to mark a diary and uh, set that time aside mm. uh, to be involved in what is happening. That that is a truly global event. Hey, we talking about creative ways of breaking the ice to share your faith uh, things like wearing Christian clothing, Stu. I mean, mm-hmm. there's been, I guess, there's uh, seasons where people have been really big on having Christian clothing, mm-hmm. and uh, whether it's their favourite uh, Bible scripture or mm-hmm. their band, or like you know, we heard, uh, you know, this the idea of someone who loves listening to particular music. Uh, but there's Christian clothing. There's the idea of Christian jewellery. There's those things mm-hmm. that somehow or other we, you know, if we're feeling a little under pressure, feeling a little embarrassed, feeling like everybody's down on us, mm-hmm. uh, we tend maybe not. To pick up that cross and wear it. Sure. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think um, um, making a statement and standing up for Christ is uh, the best thing we can do. I know that when I became a Christian, and, and uh, which was when I was eleven, uh, and particularly going into high school years, you know, there was a, a lot of 
uh, pressure, you know, to not be a Christian or to not say that you're a Christian because you got hassled a lot because of it. And I had to make a decision whether I was going to stand for Christ or not. And I did make a decision. And there was a friend of mine who supported me, and we both made that decision really together that we were going to be outspoken and we're going to be Jesus freaks. <laughs> yeah. We were going to not care what people thought. And we got a lot of hassle initially. But then after a while, people really respected the stand that we took because we didn't back down. And they respected that. And we actually had people coming up to us who we, we didn't even know and asking us questions about God because, oh, you're those the religious people, aren't you? You're the, you're the, you know, and, and so it created massive opportunities for us. And there was other Christian friends of ours that just sort of hid in a corner and never really spoke about their faith. And if someone found out about it, they were more ridiculed than we were because we were making a stand. And I think it's the same wherever you are in a workplace, uh, wherever you are, if you make a stand for Christ and you don't back down, you say, this is what I believe and I've got good reasons to believe this, you will engage in a lot of really good conversations. And wearing Christian jewellery and, and things like that, all I'd say is whatever methodology that you're using, whether it's you know a, a Bible verse on a T-shirt or uh, any of the things that we've mentioned, and there's many, many more things that you can mention as well, uh, the most important thing is think about how this methodology is communicating. What, what is it? Poor communication? Is it good communication? Are we using Christian jargon? Are we confusing people, or are we uh, getting their their attention and curiosity spiked so that it engages in the conversation afterwards? So I think. Thinking about the way we do things is really important. For example, street preaching. I've seen street preaching done really, really well and engaging a, a, you know, a crowd and encouraging people real well. And then I've seen, unfortunately, a lot of examples of it done really poorly. And I'm sort of embarrassed. I walk past and think, oh, my goodness. I sort of hung, hang my head like I hope I'm not going to be associated with that person, you know. It sounds like someone angry, yelling at people, and they're getting 10 seconds of this, this you're going to hell message, and then they walk past and they go, that's what Christianity is all about. So I think any methodology, if it's done well uh, and well thought through, is brilliant. But if it's not, it can have a, a negative effect. What about the idea of having a Bible on your desk at work? Mm. Uh, what difference would that make? It might be the most prominent thing that people will see when they come to your desk. Like, what is that? You've got a Bible on your yeah. desk. It might create that opportunity for engagement in right. a wonderful conversation. We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Jason in Victoria who's been waiting patiently. Hi, Jason. Welcome along. Hello, how are you? Very well. What are your thoughts? I've got a creative way to share the gospel. I always sing particular Christian songs in public, like many songs and all that, to many people, and they hear me. So uh, you're saying, Jason, you're singing Christian songs in public? Yes, I am. All right. I do. What style of songs do you sing? Like the modern ones. Yep. Like Mandisa and all them. When I, I've, I've even been heard seeing a particular song in a restaurant. The cutler, part of the cutler song called um, "King of My Heart" in the last part. And I was singing it in prayers for people as well. And one, one of my friends, one of at work, one of my friends, when I was praying for my mentor's wife, asked me, asked him, "What is Jason doing?" And then, then my mentor said, um, Stephen said, um. He's praiseful, I pray for his wife, and she is healed. Wow. Well, Jason, thank you so much for calling in and sharing that. The idea of singing 
in public, and mm-hmm. I think Jason said singing in a restaurant, uh, reminds me of an old-time preacher, and I've probably shared this story before, but the uh, the evangelist who was invited to say grace at a restaurant mm-hmm. and uh, stands up to say grace and says it very loudly uh, for about 10 minutes, like a three-point <laughs> sermon. And, uh, and then as the story goes, and this is... Uh, uh, this is John Henry Hewitt, uh, the evangelist, and uh, I uh, knew his wife, in fact. Uh, but 10 minutes grace, and someone from the other side of the room comes over with tears in repentance mm. because of the prominent impact. Now, that's mm. an old-time story, and it, it perhaps may not be appropriate, but in those days, and we're talking back uh, you know, maybe back to the 50s, I think, sure. here, uh, last century. But those sorts of creative ideas, mm. open, loud, proud of your faith, mm. uh, they have impact on people, sure. uh, powerful things. Uh, what else comes to mind, Stu? Uh, some some ideas about uh, creativity. What are your thoughts? Well, I think, um, you know, it's great that, that people were – can be loud and proud, and particularly in today's society where there's such a pressure to be politically correct and sort of just accepting of all religions and accepting of all peoples and everything. Now, we love all people. God loves all peoples, but there is only one way, and that's viewed as a very bigoted sort of a thing. You know, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Now, we're either going to stand on the words of Jesus and make a statement for our faith, be a Jesus freak, or we're going to just sort of almost apologize for that and just, you know, oh, yes, but it doesn't matter what you believe. And uh, we saw an example of the uh, over Easter time of the uh, the, t- the the prime minister and the um, uh, head of the opposition uh, speaking after their services and and very uh, for those who saw those interviews <laughs> that was very interesting yep. contrast between the two of one being proud and standing up for Christian values and one basically apologising for it and saying you know every, everyone's okay uh, if we are a Christian if we believe Jesus is the only way we need to be strong on that and we need to have the conviction of our faith to stand on that not not take the political creek line let's talk about some more creative ways of sharing your faith i mean one that comes to mind Uh, you've seen people doing balloon art you Mm -hmm. know they're sort of balloon you know testing the balloons and and then uh you know creating a little animal or whatever and uh and in doing so because Mm. that takes time to do you've got time to engage Yes. Uh, an audience in mm. what you're doing in sharing that balloon story. And, of course, yeah. you've got people who do clowning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got people, uh, and sometimes it's more organized. You mentioned a little earlier that mm. the group YWAM is really sure. gearing up for a mm. global outreach day. Well, yes. uh, YWAM, they train their people in how to do mime. And mm. uh, it's like it's theatrical. It's an engagement with sure. people and it happens on the street. These things are very effective in creative ways. That's a very effective thing to do on the street. And like I said before, there's, there's, there's ways that, that communicate really well and then there's ways that don't communicate so well. And I think some people, they think, well, you know, it's a thing of the past street evangelism or street preaching or, you know, crusades or, you know, that used to work but it doesn't work anymore. Well, these things can still work and do still work really well if they're done really well <laughs> and creativity. And, and definitely on the street, you know, doing 
creative things like that where people stop and actually watch a performance and then someone was to speak. All that performance itself brings a message is a fantastic way of communicating the gospel. Sometimes things like that, as you say, uh, can be done embarrassingly, and yes. uh, but sometimes yes. the cheesier the better. Uh, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, because there is a certain sense in which people are yep. attracted by even things done badly. If the message yes. is still being expressed strongly, right, even yeah. if it's done badly, uh, even if you're Jason, who was you know talking about standing up and singing. Now, sure. uh, now I don't know whether Jason is a great singer. Uh, yes. But he might be a great singer. And, it, and even if he's not a great singer, the fact that he is actually making an expression, mm. uh, and it might even be making a joyful noise to the Lord for the, yes. the I can't sing at all. So mm. it would be for me if I was, you know, courageous enough to stand up and sing in public, which I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> it would be making a joyful noise. But maybe the message is there and somebody would be touched by it. Mm. Absolutely. And and this is what I mean. It's It's not... It's, there's so many ways of presenting the gospel. And I wouldn't w- write off any particular methodology. Um, is the important thing is that you've got the message correct, because <laughs> the method hasn't changed for for two thousand years. But certainly the way of uh, the methodology, the way of presenting it has, and the more creative, the better. Uh, but I would just uh, think that that as Christians, I think because this is the best message of all time, I think we've got to be the best that we can be at communicating it. And sometimes we're not very good at evaluating. How am I actually communicating? How is the audience, you know, the, the communicatee taking what I'm saying? Are they understanding it? Am I using Christianese and jargon and complicated scriptures and what I'm talking about? And, and it's actually going straight over their head. But I'm going, hallelujah, I'm preaching the gospel. And they're going, that guy's a wacko. I don't have a clue what he's talking about. You know, we've got to be, I think, really real and not be in a Christian fantasy land and think, you know, that. Just anything goes and anything works because I don't think it does. I think we've got to think about and be very strategic and intentional about communicating clearly but without wipe, you know, writing off any particular methodology. Uh, you're raising a really important point, mm-hmm. uh, which we probably don't have enough time to unpack. But this mm-hmm. idea that if you're representing your local church, mm-hmm. uh, you certainly need to be very aware of the quality of the presentation that you are putting on. Because sure. uh, uh, the idea of having someone who is working alongside you, a mentor, mm-hmm. who's able to say, no, I don't think it's wise that you do that, mm-hmm. uh, may actually be an important element so getting creative uh, doing something that Mm. you know might be uh, really loud and proud and out there as we're encouraging people uh, you do need to perhaps have someone who can give you some insight and some Mm. guidance as to whether or not you're being effective because sometimes you can that can that can slip by you i agree and uh, this is part of the problem with if you're just doing it on your own as an individual christian Whilst I'll encourage every individual Christian to evangelize in their day to day lives, if you're if you're going out and doing maybe some creative things out on the street or in whatever, and you don't have the backing of a church or an organisation, you've got no one really to to bounce ideas off, and you've got no one to be accountable to, and sometimes it may not come across all that well. And it's better to work in with other Christians and and to have that covering and that that support and encouragement. I think there are some people in Australia's history who were portrayed as being, you know, fairly shy Mm. and uh, not wanting to draw attention to themselves. I'm just thinking of the late, great 
Arthur Stace, mm-hmm. who uh, wrote hundreds of thousands of times around the streets of Sydney yes. in particular, uh, the word eternity. Yes. And uh, because early on he didn't feel the capacity to be a upfront uh, on the street corner or in the church type preacher, but he was doing what he could do, writing yes. the word eternity in that magnificent copper plate uh, mm. font uh, and, and, you know, without any training, that's what he was able to do, made such a huge impact. Mm. And then, of course, uh, the year 2000, the Olympic turning Games, of the, Ale- yeah. the millennium, uh, there's the word eternity, filled with all of the meaning that was associated with Arthur Stace. Yes. And, yeah. uh, and so that in itself was a magnificent gesture, which mm. has this, this powerful message of the gospel. And I think it was very clever and very strategic what he was doing and very intentional because today's world thinks about the party this weekend or, you know, what they're going to do, you know, on Friday night. They, they really don't think about the future a lot. Uh, in general, people don't. But as Christians, we have a hope that goes into eternity. We have, we're not just thinking about this weekend or even next year or even in 10 years. We're thinking about, in a million years, where will you be? <laughs> in a billion years, where will you be? In a trillion years, where will you be? We th- we've got a much bigger picture that we're seeing and, and, and how we fit into God's universe. And, uh, and so to, to, to write that word eternity for a lot of people, it's, whoa, what do you mean eternity? Like, uh, the, I, I'm thinking about the here and now, and that's the natural humanistic pos- position. But to get them thinking about eternity starts the brain thinking. So, yeah. Well, I'm impressed. What's coming through in this con- con- conversation is uh, is the idea of what it is that opens the conversation mm. is what we heard earlier. You know, mm. what's the purpose of life? Mm. Uh, what is eternity? Yes. Uh, these sorts of things. And they might even seem a little bit cryptic at the time. Mm. Uh, you're asking me a question. I'm not sure if I can answer, but sure. it, it creates a conversation where you can share the gospel. Mm. Let's take another call. Robin is on the line from Mount Morgan. Hi, Robin. Welcome. Yes. Hi. I got something really funny um, that happened in um, his very famous preacher, John somebody. I can't remember, but anyway, he um, he had he did something in the church and he asked everyone to turn around and ask them, a question. I'm not sure if it was, um, do you know Jesus or do, are you looking forward to go in heaven or something like that. Anyway, there's this intellectually um, impaired guy. Um, so he turned around and happened to be the man behind him was this very notable person in the community that the pastor was trying to reach. And um, whatever he asked, whatever question he asked, the guy gave him not a good answer or something. So the, the intellectually impaired guy says, well, go to hell then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He got saved, but he got saved. That man reached the pastor the next day, and it said it bothered him all night. Wow! And so he he um he got saved. It was so amazing. You know, Robin, there's an in- an interesting aspect of this that even oh. saying things like "you're going to hell," well, in yeah. actual fact. You are expressing truth, and mm. uh, and while that might not always be the wisest thing to bring into a conversation, it may even get you into an argument or two, uh, in fact, this expression of truth also creates an opportunity for the conversation. Stu, your yeah. thoughts for Robin? Yeah, I, I would say that uh, it, it brings out a really good point, actually, and that is that none of us have it all together. We're not going to be the, 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 the world's best communicators, and we're not all, all going, always going to get it all right. Uh, the main thing is that we try to communicate the gospel. And whilst on the show I've been saying, hey, look, try and get rid of the jargon, try to communicate really well. This is the best message of all time. We want to be the best that we can be at communicating it. 
the fact that we actually give it a go, God understands and he can even turn a botch up or or, or something that was said that may not have come across very well at all. He can still use it for his glory. He can still use it to uh, challenge that person to uh, come to faith in him. And that's a, you've told a great example of that, Robin. Robin, thank you so much for your call. And I think you could boil all this down, Stu, to say mm. uh, don't be afraid of making the botch up because mm. I suspect that uh, you botch it a few times, uh, you learn by your mistakes, and Indeed. you soon get better at it. Yes. And I think that uh, everybody starts by botching this conversation or that or not having an answer mm. or even looking silly yep. uh, but eventually if you keep doing that keep persevering mm. you'll become good at what you do absolutely Look, there's so many creative things we have run out of time uh, things like uh, let me just mention uh, you know everyone has a you know an email address mm. where you can put an email signature mm. Uh, on your emails, right. there might be a question in there, or it might be a link. It might mm. be your favourite uh, YouTube clip that you can have people click on when they yeah. hear from you on an email. Uh, we mentioned a whole lot of things: the idea of sending Christmas cards or Easter cards, mm. uh, the idea of uh, of going on a missions trip with your local church to get mm. equipped. These sorts of things are powerful. Mm. Look, I know that there are lots of resources on your website, Stu yes. Miller. I want people to. Uh, understand that they can get free resources mm-hmm. on evangelism at train to proclaim dot com. Mm-hmm. And on that site, you'll find a link for the G7 app that we've been mm. talking about. So if you've got a smartphone, yep. uh, simply uh, easily download the G7 app. And if you learn to use that, you will be equipped and prepared at mm. every opportunity to be able to share a message of the gospel, which will come in a relevant and powerful way. Stu Miller, always good talking to you. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.